wait a minute, what? It's Monday and I'm hearing this podcast now. This is totally unusual. What the heck is going on? It doesn't come out on Mondays. It normally comes out like on Fridays or Saturdays or Sundays. Something screwy in the universe. Welcome to the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast, the internet's home for motorcycle mediocrity. Your host. Listen, I can barely tie a shoe, let alone figure out this thing. And isn't that funny how people say not to be an asshole, but then they go on to be an asshole? Oh, baby. I don't know, did it wheelie? I can't tell if he's just revving the motor and being a jerkwad. My skin met the asphalt. But these new new ways kit my... All right, a couple of blurbs. Whatever they do with cocaine. The people who make it happen. The first bike I ever bought was originally hanging from the rafters in his garage. It's a cafe racer with alloy manks, racing tank, and clip-ons, and all that jazz. And the thing's beautiful. I just love the way the Norton sounds. The Soma actually was purchased by uh, the Barber Vintage Motorsports Museum. Right. So that's where she lives now. Oh, man, bro. I was doing 200 miles an hour, and my fingers are coming off the grips. This is in and out of traffic. Um, I got to wheelie through an intersection on that. <laughs> Red. Yeah, it was a little unexpected, but I got some applause from the homeless guy at the bus bus bench. That was pretty fun. I think my dad first gave me my first motorcycle was a Kiwi 80 when I was four years old. And the first thing I did was look in the bushes showing mum how cool it was. Well, um, all right, technically all chaps are assholes, right? Or else yeah, they just do yeah, that's, we decided that you can call anything without an ass on it assless. All season, my bike's been having a problem hopping off the starting line. Like the back end of the bike will hop real bad and I'll have to let off the gas and get back in it. And I would go to Jesse's and hang out upstairs in the old building at West Coast Choppers. And he let me sit there and just watch him. Uh, right now, I'm drinking a stone rumination, um, but that's not all I do. Earlier today, I was <laughs> I was working on a BMW R90. Let's get started. So right now it's like ten o'clock on a Sunday night. What am I doing? I'm recording a podcast. Why? Procrastination, my friends. But let's get into that in a second. Right now, let's get things started. What? Let's get started indeed. So, everybody, what did you do this weekend that uh, the, I would say, the first all-motorcycle weekend of the year? Uh, There's so much stuff going on. It was like totally motorcycle-tastic no matter what part of the world you lived in. Out here on the West Coast, we had... Uh, of course, the I've been talking about the Hippie Killer Hoedown happening for a little while. Uh, guest producer Paul made it out to that for a little bit and sent me a little bit of video, but you know everything had wrapped up by then. Uh, down in Long Beach, we had at the Veterans Stadium the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet that happens you know the second to the last weekend of every month. We also had the Corsa Moto Classica running this weekend out at Willow Springs Raceway, which you know last year we went to and got a few sound bites for. 
what else was going on up this week? Mm, I don't, there's something called Moto GP or Moto GP. If you were in Austin, Texas, you were able to see the Handbuilt Show, and then Circuit of the Americas is right around the corner, from what I hear. And there was something called Moto GP happening there, and just an incredible, incredible uh, week for things to go down. I don't want to brag because it wasn't just here in the States that things are going down. But if you were in Salt Lake City, there was Supercross. Uh, if you were in Denver, there was Arena Cross. Uh, if you were in Valkenswaard, Netherlands, there was uh, MXGP, like World Motocross stuff going on. Um, no, not la- Well, I think last weekend there was uh, AMA Motocross, or I'm sorry, Supermoto. But this week there was um, FIM Supermoto happening in Ottaviano, Italy. I hope I even said that right. Like I mentioned, uh, you know, MotoGP happening in Austin, but. Uh, piggybacking on top of that was Moto America happening also. Um, shoot, I mean, so much crazy, crazy stuff going on. Uh, in Hurricane Utah, there was a works race going on all weekend long. If you couldn't make it, you know, further east to the uh, handbuilt show. Uh, if you were in Society Hill, South Carolina, you had a GNCC that you could have gone to. If you were in Milford, California, there was the AMA Hair Scrambles. Uh, Palmerton, Pennsylvania, there was nothing going on. But in a couple weeks, there's going to be some East Hair Scrambles there, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, man, Spain had the World Enduro Championship, which I love watching World Enduro. Uh, God, there's just everywhere. Everywhere had something going on. And not only that, but the next few months are going to be like that, just packed back to back to back. Uh, the, the Super Hooligan Series, I wanted to mention a bunch of flat track stuff. As you know, I always want to mention a bunch of that. Um, that was actually going on round four out of Paris at the Hippie Killer Hoedown. Uh, that is like crazy taken off as like its own series. So that's kind of cool. And um, yeah, that's going to be something interesting to keep our eyes on over the next coming few months. But before we get into start talking about motorcycles and blabbing, my apologies for bringing this out on a Monday. There's been some shakeups here at creative writing headquarters and uh, not pretty. And it's part of the reason why this show is coming out a little bit late. And like I said, my apologies, I totally apologize. But uh, Dr. K, I don't, if, I don't even know if many of you have gone back and listened to uh, any of the episodes of Dr. K in them, but Dr. K is a fun guy, not a writer, you know, but he would take care of our, uh, he was the administrator for our Facebook page. He would take care of some of the news stories, you know, help us wrangle some news. And recently, Dr. K has just not been very diligent in his, uh, you know, it, I'm not very talented, so it takes a whole team of people to help me get this out. And Dr. K just had not been performing. We had to let Dr. K go. And thusly, if you get any Facebook messages now, they're going to most likely be from me and not very nice because Dr. K was a nice, feeble-minded young man. So they're probably going to be a little bit crass, rude, a little bit of cussing, and verbal nudity, <laughs> face slapping, and maybe condescending because uh, I'm an A1 asshole. So, yeah, Dr. K, sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, we're moving on with that. Also, um, 
the guys that uh, hopefully I didn't even mention this on the last one because we had Rex Panther on. I have to my you know give my hats off to Rex and thank him again for coming on the show and cluing us in on some of the tech stuff that we have no idea. You know we we like to get out there and ride, baby. We don't know what all this stuff does. We don't know if you can put chili or corn or whatever in your gas tank if it's really going to work. Um, so yeah, thanks Rex for coming on and clearing some of that up and also muddying up some of the waters that uh, we thought we had cleared previously. Uh, yeah, so, you know, thanks Rex for coming on. The Solstice Slam guys, I got most everybody's stuff mailed out. I know Mr. Shu is still waiting on a pair of socks. Uh, uh, oh, dude, sorry it's so late on a Sunday night. Uh, uh, that was a terrible joke. But anyway, yeah, I, I uh, got most of the guys' stuff out. I hope you guys enjoyed what you got. And um, if you didn't like what you get, maybe I'll do better in Solstice Slam next year. But anyway, I've left that channel open as well. Slam at Creative Writing dot uh, com or creative writing yeah slam at creative writing dot com is going to be open all year uh for you to submit your solstice slam entries before then uh associate producer bry vifford that i met, had mentioned made it out to the hippie killer show straight off a plane from india uh split lanes through you know all kinds of crazy traffic to get out to the hippie killer but also brought back some awesome footage of the bike culture in India. And I myself have been looking at some, not necessarily India, but some um, Chinese and Malaysian and Filipino and uh, maybe Indian road racing and stuff like that. Just just Asian uh, road racing in general. And um, oh, and my apologies for the sniffing, guys. I'm still fighting a cold or, you know, some sort of sinus thing. Uh, I'm not sure if it's allergies. I'm not sure what it is. I didn't think I had allergies until... I learned that you could get them at any time in your life. So maybe I do have allergies. Maybe I'm allergic to doing this show. But um, yes, I've been fighting that a little bit. I haven't been feeling the greatest. But the thing is, with Dr. K leaving and just one of the most motorcycle-centric weekends happening this weekend and so much stuff going down in town... I uh, I didn't know what to do. I was literally riding, doing circles, trying to figure out which way I was going to end up finally going straight. And instead, I just flat-tracked my life away, my friends. This weekend, <laughs> I spent drinking, and I spent uh, cussing, and um, yeah, reading about all the fun stuff that everybody else was doing. Uh, just riding my bike here, then there, then here, then there, and never actually getting anywhere. And that's called a circle. And unless you're flat tracking, uh, that's not how most races are won. So the cool thing about doing this on Sunday is that I got to, I got to look at all the fun stuff that everybody did over the weekend and can kind of report on it. I'd like to say congratulations uh, to... <laughs> Do you want me to spoil it right now? I to- I'm totally gonna. So if you don't want to hear some stuff about some stuff, uh, turn off your headphones or your smartphones or whatever you got, whatever phones you got right now, your butt phones. Let's start out here with MotoGP. Congratulations to old George Lorenzo, baby, for uh, taking the podium on making the worst mistake of your life and going to Ducati when you knew Stoner has been the only guy 
able to tame those monsters. You idiot. Uh, yes. Mark Marquez won the Grand Prix of the Americas and the, the hot number to look at, which was Maverick Vinales number uh, 423. Was that his number? Or was it like 19 or something? I forget. But anyway, yeah, he crashed out. Uh, sadly enough, him, Carol Abraham, Laura, I forget if Laura Spaz passed out. They're, they're, if he passed out or crashed out, either one. But yeah, I think Carol... And Maverick crashed out. Uh, not really a big MotoGP fan. I just was w- picking up some of the highlights here and there where people were throwing him out. And yeah, so Mark Marquez uh, takes takes one. I think this is his first win of the 2017 season because, uh, yeah, he hasn't been doing so hot either. Once once Vinales came in, uh, he put everybody else to shame, and, and uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, Rossi took second, and Pedrosa, who's always been... Kind of a guy, always in the top 10, I want to say, or top five, I don't know. Uh, he came in third, so that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that's how it shaped up for uh, MotoGP. Uh, running concurrently, was, or, you know, as a as a support class, was the uh, Moto America. And uh, how did those guys fare? Well, let me tell you right now. After Roger Hayden set the Super Bowl at Coda. It was his teammate, Tony Elias, that took both races, uh, Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, you know, let's see, let's run down the, the Superbike uh, race. So Saturday, it was Tony Elias and Roger Hayden, one and two, with Bobby Fong on a Kawasaki in third, Matthew Skoltz on a Yamaha, and Jake Gagne on a Honda, rounding out the top five. The uh, Bazaar Superstock 1000 was Bobby Fong, Matthew Schultz, Jake Lewis, Danny Eslick, and Hayden Gillum. The man in the plant with the... Oh, God, I already messed that one up. The man in the van with the plan. Um, the Super Sports, which is the uh, six hundos, is J.D. Beach on the R6 coming in. In front of Valentin DeBees, uh, Garrett Gerloff, Benny Solis, and Daytona Anderson. Um, so, yeah, that's how day one shaped up. Day two, of course, Tony Elias taking the uh, the the number one spot again, man, I got like a pterodactyl flying around my head. Is that a mosquito? Dude, after this, uh, the rain we've been having here, uh, it's great for the environment and everything, but dang, we have been having mosquitoes and flies like nuts. So let me get this pterodactyl away from my head. All right. So, uh, day two, Motu super, Motu super bike was Tony Elias with Cameron Bobier coming in, uh, second place and Roger Hayden fighting him there, uh, for third. I heard Josh Hayes crashed out yesterday. So today he came back and placed fourth. Bobby Fong rounded out the top five. You seeing, uh, some names pop up here a lot. Bobby Fong has been a long time, uh, favorite of mine, uh, been, following him for a couple years now. And uh, Bizarre Superstock 1000, uh, Bobby Fong took first with Matthew Schultz in second, Danny Eslick third with Jake Lewis, and Cameron Peterson rounding out the top five. Uh, so that's your Moto America uh, circuit of the Americas. Um, did I mention that Mark Marquez won the MotoGP? I might have not. I, I was too busy making fun of uh, old George Lorenzo there for jumping on a Ducati, wasn't I? Um, yeah, Marquez took the top spot. And if I hadn't, I mentioned that probably five minutes ago. I don't even remember it. Man, the blue smoke is burning more than my eyes, folks. That's right. I've been. Uh, throwing oil on my headers for no apparent reason. Not what you guys were thinking. Hit me! 
That was like a James Brown breakdown. Uh, so yeah, that's what's happening. And the Hippie Killer Hoedown, uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you who won that. Uh, the Hippies won. The Killers came in second. The Hoes came in third. But the... <laughs> Great racing, though, I got to tell you. If you've never seen a hippie race a hoe with a killer uh, in between the two, you got to go check that out. As far as the racers go, there is a real series. It's uh, the RSD Super Hooligan National Championship series, and they are taking it quite seriously. I'm going to break it down for you. The first, it, you know, They're hitting up these moto shows, which is really cool. So round one was at the one show in um, Salem, Oregon. The second round was at Flat Out Friday at the Mama Tried show. Um, the Dix- they had uh, at the Dixie Speedway in Woodstock, Georgia, the uh, AFT Grand National Championship. There was a hooligan support class there. Then this one going at the Hippie Killer Hoedown. Um, in July, they're going to have at Dirtquake, which is the uh, American Dirtquake. They're going to have um, around there, July 22nd and 23rd. Uh, at the Sturgis Rally, they're going to have um, at the Buffalo Chip. They're going to have another TT like they did last year. The Wheels and Waves Invitational, Kuyokos. Kuyakos, dude, I'm from California. How come I can't even say this? Kuyakos, California. See, I was not 100% sure of that one because Wheels and Waves is uh, something that happens every year in Frizzance where you can get your Frizzance fries. Um, so this, apparently they're having one here. Uh, I know Roland Sands has always been a big part of that, and I'm interested to see what, what's going to be happening there. September 9th, Costa Mesa Super Hooligan Night at the Costa Mesa Speedway, which is, you know, world famous also if you're in that part of the world. <laughs> October 7th, uh, they're going to be running again at the finale, the grand finale of the AFT uh, GNC series out at Paris, which we are going to be at. Uh, so come out and hang out with us there. Fart on our face if you'd like to. And then the Bolsa Chica Bonsai, which is at Bolsa Chica State Beach, and that's going to be October 14th and 15th, which I also believe uh, may be the race of gentlemen. I'm not 100% sure. That might have... I might be totally off on that. I might be thinking of that's when that happens in New Jersey. I think we already had ours here in February. But anyway, Bolsa Chica means women's purse in Spanish. If you uh, didn't know that, now you do. And I briefly wanted to take you through the uh, the Super Hooligan winners. So in the points right now, Andy Debrino. number 14, is uh, sitting on top of 52 points. Uh, Jordan Graham... Brad Spencer, Jordan Baber, and Rich Heverly, and Benny Carlson, those uh, and Sammy Halbert of all people, those are all tied for fourth with the uh, twenty-five points apiece. All those guys, so one, two, three, four guys uh, tied for fourth. Chris Wiggins coming in fifth spot solidly with twenty-four points. Jimmy Hill and sitting in sixth with twenty-two, and it just trickles down from there. There's quite a few entrants. There's 15, blah, 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 let me see. Yeah, there's quite a few people and there's quite a few ties. So uh, the tie for fourth is, is the biggest one. So you got a tie also for um, seventh spot, eighth spot, ninth spot, tenth spot, eleventh spot, twelfth is uh, alone. A tie for thirteenth, uh, and then a tie for fourteenth. And um, yeah, so it's really crazy how many people are actually in this thing it's almost as much as like a gnc class so it's pretty amazing and they have the standings there uh 
So first place, Sammy Halbert at the one show, it looks like. Benny Carlson came in first at uh, the Mama Tried. Jordan Baber came in first at what I say round three was. Shoot, I'm such an idiot. At the uh, Dixie Speedway. And not 100% sure who came in first at the Hippie Killer, but we will know soon. So watch out, America. Here comes Super Hooligan Racing. And that's a fact. Uh, check for him. I, I mentioned a bunch of cities there, so check for him coming to your part of town. It's super fun to watch. There's also going to be a bunch of uh, stuff happening next week. I would be totally remiss, uh, whatever that means. I'm not even sure that's a real word. I, just, I think I might have just made it up. But anyway, there's stuff coming up next weekend that we are just totally going to be digging on. And although I was... Uh, it, you know, getting wasted this weekend and doing all sorts of bike stuff that didn't even end up going anywhere. Um, next weekend we will be doing something. Uh, the track across is going to be happening. There's also a race in Santa Maria flat track race is going to be happening. Um, there's also the revved up women's Texas motorcycle expo and in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, on Sunday, the 29th, there's going to be the second annual Alley Sweeper. They do these in Portland, too. If you've never been to one of these, it's pretty <laughs> pretty awesome looking. The Alley Sweepers is basically you're getting on a bike and just cruising kind of off-road through the back alleys and dirt. Some, sometimes they're dirt. Like if you're in Coeur d'Alene, I'm sure the alleyways are dirt. Like here in L.A., they're all paved and and uh, raunchy and beat up, but they still go, they parallel the main streets for quite a while. So these little alley sweepers uh, are pretty fun where you just take your, your bike and you cruise in between people's properties out on the little, in the dirt and all that great stuff. So that looks like to be a lot of fun. Does that look like to be a lot of fun? Yeah, that looks like to be a lot of fun. Um, the first official Lita's Fox Valley ride is happening April 30th in Menasha, Wisconsin. I think I mentioned that last week on the show. So that's just a few things coming up. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, God, I mean, yeah, there's God, but there's also God, a lot of God coming up, God. Something else coming up is an event that goes down every Wednesday. Little submission sent to in, sent in to us by Whiskey Cloudman. He's a coworker of mine. I'm going to play it right now. He'll discuss it with you in detail better than I can. Take it away, Whiskey. Hello, Creative Writing Podcast. This is Whiskey Clown Man coming from San Diego, reporting from attending the Cajon Classic Cruise in the city of El Cajon. Now, this is an event that follows the SoCal Classic car scene and culture. The atmosphere was very chilled, relaxing. Everybody was kicking back. Uh, this event takes place every Wednesday night from April to October with different themes. Two blocks in the downtown district area of El Cajon, uh, Main Street was blocked off. Uh, I counted about at least 150 cars in attendance. There were classic cars ranging from Chevys, Fords, Mopars, VWs. I saw rat rods, muscle cars, trucks. Everybody was there, including motorcycles. Lots of riders showed up. Uh, motorcycles will be represented in one of the themes. June 14th will be a bike night theme and a Harley Stampede will be the theme on August 30th. For a full schedule of all the nights and their themes, you can go to the CajonClassicCruise.org website. 
All right, folks, you heard him. CajonClassicCruise.org, I believe, is the website. And there's something there for everybody. There's even something there that uh, evoked a story from Whiskey Cloud Man. And he told us, he's going to tell us a little bit about it here. And that's what these things will do for you. You'll see a car that reminds you of your youth or maybe something your dad, your grandpa, or your granny used to drive. And it just uh, brings back the memories Brings back the good times. So let's hear this little ditty real quick from Whiskey Cloud Man. There was this one Mustang that caught my attention that reminded me of one of the very first vehicles that I drove as a kid. It was a uh, 71 Mustang with a 351 Cleveland in it, V8. My dad did the full rebuild of the engine. Um, I've had numerous speeding tickets. Uh, created... Uh, backups on the freeway with the drive shaft snapping on me. There's reminded me of some really, really fun times. Regrettably, I had to sell the vehicle and uh, get a truck. (laughs) At that time, it was so hard getting parts, reproduction parts for a 71 Mustang. Uh, Everybody was focused on 65s to 69s. That, That car was just breaking down on me. Eventually, I had to get rid of it which is a big, big regret of mine. But I apologize for taking this off topic. I know this is a motorcycle podcast, not an automotive one. Uh, I will be returning and reporting in the future for the bike nights and the Harley Stampedes. Thanks, Whiskey. I'll probably see you today at work. Sweet. Listen, before I make a bigger fool of myself, uh, I'm going to move on to the first topic of the show. It's 21 minutes in. Probably about time to get that rolling, ain't it? This show is brought to you by DailyBikers.com. Daily Bikers Dan. Thank you so much, Dan, also for the one-of-a-kind gift that you sent. Uh, Totally unsolicited by me, but I totally support Daily Bikers. I purchase stuff from Dan at DailyBikers.com to send out as prize packs for the Solstice Slam, specifically because I love what Dan does. He's got a lot of different stuff out there to buy. He's got sticker packs. I bought a notebook for myself to do show notes in. Uh, He makes prints. He makes just the most wonderful uh, wrapping paper, Father's Day cards, Christmas cards, um, bar mitzvah cards. I don't think he does that. But go online and check out dailybikers.com if you want some gear reviews, if you want some fun Aussie ride reports, if you want to see what's happening in the land of the giant kangaroo, check it out. It's dailybikers.com. Dan will hook you up with the best gear. Don't tell him creative writing sent you or he might charge you quadruple, but always... Check them out for the latest cool merch, cool ride stories, gear reviews, and etc. etc. That's dailybikers.com. Dailybikers.com. Thanks, Dan. So the first thing I wanted to talk about in this week's show, the first real segment, is all the road rage that's been going on. And a little bit of behind the scenes here, I have been working on a stupid you know, article for like a week. I'm so lame because it's not like what I do professionally. I, you know, not like on a deadline. I'm on a deadline at work, an editorial deadline, and that's hard enough. So then to, uh, to be a dad, a doctor, a philosopher, part-time artist, a hack wrench, a shit painter, crappy husband, foolhardy chef, um, 
several other things that I try to be. <laughs> At any rate, to try to be all that and like a copy editor, a copywriter on top of all that just gets a little bit hard sometimes. So I've spent the last week trying to figure out when I'm going to do all this stuff. I have articles that I haven't written since like December. I decided to scrap them because guess what? It's not wintertime anymore. Maybe I'll put them on the shelf for next year, but in the meantime, I need to work on some current stuff. And the Road Rage stuff flew across my desk the other day because... Um, a lot of people are getting sentenced recently for stuff that happened a couple of years ago. And the first thing I saw in the L.A. Times was that a woman in San Diego, and, you know, I'm, I'm close to San Diego. Um, in 2015, Dyla Renee Jackson of Imperial Beach, which don't ever go to IB if you're down in San Diego. It's like OB or PB, man. IB? No. Uh, anyway, she, um, she was sentenced to six years in prison for chasing down uh, a guy on two San Diego County freeways and then, uh, you know, causing him to crash, which killed him. And his, it was a, his name was Zacharias Buob, I think, or Buob. Anyway, he was a 39-year-old Navy chief. Uh, he's a pet, chief petty officer in the Navy. Um, and basically, the, the judge, who was smart enough to call her outrageously reckless, um sentenced her to, to six years in prison six years for killing a guy uh and that's what i wanted to get at uh, the guy also that made news viral you know I, i've heard about it on all the motorcycle podcasts recently and also a couple news outlets where the guy who uh in texas if you remember the video went viral when the motorcyclist went to pass him on a double yellow and he decided he's going to do some vigilante justice and swing out and bash into him um i think that guy got 15 years um and he didn't even kill anybody so she got six and it was you know i'm sure it was vehicular manslaughter or something like that but yeah you know she didn't she killed a guy and so i think what I'm going to get around to is that finally people are being punished for using their car as a weapon. And it doesn't have to be just against motorcyclists, but in LA a couple uh, weeks ago, about three weeks ago now, somebody turned left in front of a motorcyclist and you know, that's an, that wasn't even road rage. That was just like negligence and the the motorcyclist locked up and couldn't even stop. You could see him do like a stoppy right before he had the impact and just drop straight down. And I don't know if they've caught that driver. I haven't seen any follow-ups uh, uh, up here at least, but um, you know, I, maybe I need to check the news again and see and follow that case and see what happens. But they're finally treating this stuff like it needs to be treated. Now, before you go on a rampage or send me hate mail, wait to hear what I have to say, because it's not always the car's fault too, right? But I mean, you know, using your car as a weapon is one thing. So to jump back to the gentleman from Texas and the Texas story, uh, that guy was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Um, and he's that dude's 68. And this also happened in uh, 2015. And I, I, he didn't kill anybody. But, you know, I think the, the main thing in, in his trial was a texas doesn't fuck around that's like one thing you got to know about texas is they just they don't jerk around when it comes to stuff them in arizona those are like two states you don't want to like mess up in right they're not as lenient as and as nice as you know other west coast states when it's like yeah we can rehabilitate you and then you can do it again but anyway so the, this old dude you know right now he he said that uh 
a wasp was in the car at first and he told the guy he didn't care if he hit him but i think this guy got punished so bad a because what he did was he literally you know swerved in front of these guys for no no reason they were breaking the law and and he's not a police officer so it's really not on him to try and prevent them from breaking the law and even if he was to prevent them from breaking the law um almost killing them is a no-no so uh prevention's one thing but even a cop wouldn't swerve out in front of somebody to hit them to stop them from breaking the law you know what i mean the, the only time that you should ever do something like that is if you're actually saving them from like going off a bridge that's out or something like that i could see maybe but i don't know that's even a stupid reason anyway this guy just didn't like what he saw and he swerved and took out i believe two people were on that bike there was a guy in his pillion and uh yeah dude this dude's going away for 15 years he's 68 i mean my math's not that great but isn't he going to be like 102 when he gets out so i mean that's like a almost a life sentence for a dude that old um so yeah it's interesting that the lady only got six years and this dude got uh 15 um both tragic though and both totally unnecessary and it would have been it's it's one thing if somebody you know doesn't die and somebody just gets hurt you're you're a total jerk either way you know what i mean and I don't know. Half the time, motorcyclists are driving or riding like idiots to begin with. So that's a given. And they're going to blow by. They're going to do a bunch of stupid stuff because they're much faster and much more nimble than cars. And it doesn't matter. Like, you know, let them do it. Not because you uh, are letting them get away with anything, but it's because is it worth killing somebody over? Is it worth making somebody wreck just so they'll learn their lesson? Because chances are they don't do it every single minute of every single day you know like these guys where the where the old dude was where they um kind of seemed like they were on like a double lane road i know like in in arkansas at least the speed limits are crazy they're like 55 on on all the freeways or well highways and it's like really even when you can see like 50 miles down the road in some of these spots where it's you know flat and and uh, well not flat but you can see the road way ahead going you're not going through the twisty woods or anything and it's like can't you please just pass you know you shouldn't be ever speeding but if you're going to is it a is it that big of a deal where you have to try and kill somebody if they want to get past you and just do like 10 miles an hour faster than you're going um so that's one thing like i said motorcyclists they can't be jerks they sometimes don't obey the speed limit but neither do people in muscle cars and you know even the i the people that i see offending the most are the people in like old beat up just hunks of junk uh you know dicing through lanes as a matter of fact i almost got hit my daughter and i when she was probably i'm guessing she was four because i think this was about three years ago um three or four years ago and we were in my car and we're going down to san diego at night not super late at night but in the evening and so it's like you know yahoo kids coming out and i gotta sound like an old man saying that but you know people want to get out and have fun and drive fast and this kid all i saw in my rearview mirror traffic you know in la is never like 100 percent clear and free uh and all i saw in my rearview mirror was just like a flash of lights and i was like what the hell was that and the next thing i hear to my right is some like skidding and i look over and here comes this dude and there was a small break in between me and the cars that were behind me like the 20 cars behind me 
and like the 20 cars in front of us, there's probably a good, I don't know, a hundred yard gap maybe. And so this guy was like flying through, maybe he was trying to get to that big opening where there was no cars, but what he did was he shot across from the fast lane on the inside, the number one lane by the median, all the way out to the outside lane. I think we were on a highway that had like four or a freeway that had probably five lanes four or five lanes and he gets over and he drops a tire into the dirt and so he overcorrects and here he comes right toward me and my daughter and he literally uh where i just let my foot off the gas because i didn't want to slam on the brakes or anything because there's all these cars behind me and i just took my foot off the accelerator pedal right as he came across in front of us and i could see his face and i could see that it was a toyota camry that he was like an older like 89 or 90 some odd toyota camry and like i could just see the look of terror on the dude's face that's how close he was in front of my car um and sideways passing me sideways and i was doing 75 so he had to be doing like 80 miles an hour sideways past me smashed right into the median and um i see it all the time with crummy cars like the crummier the car i feel like the crazier the people do it and weave it in and out of traffic you know it's so crazy but motorcyclist car it doesn't matter like i guess i'm getting off the topic here um the point is is that you know people do it no matter what you're on or what you're in and it's not right either way but if uh, you see someone coming up be in a in a lane like getting over there and like jamming on your brakes or like trying to ram them into the wall or something especially if they're on a motorcycle is that right and my my deal with the motorcyclists is i'm glad these people are getting prison time because i used to have a roommate that was bonkers nuts and i'm assuming still is um this guy all through once i moved in with him and i had known him you know from some from the past from high school i hadn't seen him in a while ran into him hey you need a roommate and i'm moving out let's uh let's move in together and my friends all of a sudden that had also been had lived with him or had him live with them at some time were telling me how crazy he was and tell me the story about him going down and being frustrated and using getting all pissed that somebody had wronged him and he drove down where everybody was skateboarding and like was going to run him over with his car and then when he couldn't run him over with his car grabbing some handlebars out of his car and was going to smash him in the face with some motorcycle handlebars and it's like dude people that use their cars as weapons are seriously there's something wrong with it and there's been studies done and that that's part of something i've been working on for my article so it's not like i have um 100 of them all done and ready however they've been doing uh, road rage was coined i think by ktla according to some wikipedia article i read so who knows if that's even right but back in the 80s by ktla uh you know just people going all sorts of crazy in traffic and it's not just road rage on um car to car it's road rage on cars to uh cyclists like i've seen people get crazy on on uh, people riding their bicycles and i've even seen cyclists get mad because they're like dude we have rights for the so it doesn't matter what you're on basically is what i'm getting at like people of all Uh, commuting types get into these fights with road rage however it's the people in the cars that take it 
for granted because you're in this like 3,000 pound plus vehicle and you're fighting with somebody at the most. Like if you hit a bagger, I saw some footage, uh, I think I posted it up on our page last uh, the end of last fall, maybe, or maybe it was even the beginning of winter. Uh, I think it was down in Florida. This dude and his babe <clears throat> are riding along and they get their Harley just totally run over by this car. And, um, you know, there's cra- crappy stuff that happen, like those bike gangs that gang up and feel like they have been, you know, somebody, some cager did something to them. So they like corner them and then pull them out and beat them. And that stuff isn't right either. And you're probably riding like a douchebag to begin with. And, you know, people in cars don't get it or understand it. And they don't know. They're not mind readers. And then they do something that, like, offends you. And then you have, you have to go out and beat them up. And that's monstrous in, its, in and of itself. But uh, that's why I'm saying, you know, it could be anybody that instigates it. But when you take your car and you go ahead and try to smash somebody with it, whether they're in another car or uh, especially on a motorcycle... That's like when it's the crummiest because you're you're upset, you know what I mean? And you're going to kill somebody for no reason. Um, and you're most likely going to kill them or seriously injure them because on a motorcycle, you've got no protection. You've got your helmet and that's not going to save a compression wound when this car smashes you into the median or, or smashes you into the car next to them or whatever the hell they're going to try and decide to do because they think they owe you something. And a lot of people are saying it's like a me first attitude because of this generation or, or not generation, but because of the way the world turning and this and that. But it's actually diagnosed in the DSM, which is what you use to diagnose like any sort of mental disorder, no matter how major or minor, like even OCD is in there. So it's not like you're crazy if you have this stuff, but it's like explosive behavior, you know, and you can't control yourself and you get frustrated and mad. And you're probably the type of person that maybe even punches the door or something when something doesn't go your way. And then you're in your car and there's no door to punch, but there's that motorcycle right there that just split lanes or revved the motor or downshifted or thought he was cool and weaved in and out of traffic. And you're all of a sudden Johnny Law and you got to go after them and you got to show them why they're wrong and, and why you're right and why your opinion matters. And then the next thing you know, you're going to prison because you accidentally ran over them or forced them to do something to because they feared for their life and they crashed and that's on you now. So it's just it's so funny. I'm not 100% sure it's like a me first attitude, but I, I'm 100% sure that it's because people have people exhibit x x behavior in cars because motorcycles even get pissed at each other sometimes and cyclists get pissed at cars and cyclists get pissed at each other and it's when two cars come together or a car and a motorcycle or a car and a cyclist come together is when things get ugly it's and and it's just like you're not even thinking you're just literally using that thing as a weapon you know what i mean and i can't think of the most deadly weapon besides a vehicle and it's been proven in terror attacks to be very effective which is very sad i'm not calling you a terrorist but i'm saying like that's sort of the mindset that people get you know they you deserve it because of this and i'm gonna give it to you right now and then you don't even think about it and then next thing you know you're in court you know and you've killed somebody's dad or mom or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is and it's just like ugh. This is terrible that this happened. All right. Well, I'm going to go get an ice cream. What are you going to do? Hey, guys and gals. Listen, the folks 
at 59 Cafe, husband and wife team, Eric and Joe Set. They've been guests on the show. They are crazy motorcycle enthusiasts. Well, they're part of this band uh, called Johnny J and the Flatfoot Flugies. You can check them out on johnnyjswing.com. They've always got something happening in your, your neck of the woods, especially if you're up in the Northwest. If you're not in anywhere else but the Northwest of the United States, and they may not be in your neck of the woods, but that doesn't mean that you can't buy their album and ship it to your town and then have them in your neck of the woods. Uh, I sent these out as part of the prize packs for the Solstice Slam, and the results are in. It's a hit. People love it. So don't deprive yourself. Buy their album out now, Black House Records. And uh, it's Johnny J and the Flatfoot Fugees at johnnyjswing.com. Check them out online, baby. All right, everybody. This section of the show brought to you by Johnny J and the Flatfoot Fugees. The news section covers everything crazy motorcycle related that's happening around the globe starting off in atlanta atl baby remember when we used to call it that and hot lana and all that stuff oh man what a bunch of idiots anyway a section of i-20 buckled in atlanta launching a motorcycle rider into the air um it happened in dekalb county which i have no idea where that is probably like the atlanta ohio border since atlanta is its own state now I meant the Georgia-Ohio border, duh. So anyway, yeah, a section of the interstate uh, came through, or no, not came through, the section of the interstate came through finally after failing to pay child support. That's how they go in Atlanta. Um, no, it bulged up, basically creating like a really crummy Evil Knievel-style jump. Uh, if you were ever a kid and you laid, uh, got an old tree stump and laid a crummy piece of old plywood on it, like quarter inch thick got 50 mile an hour start on your bmx bike and hit it you knows what happens this dude launched or maybe it's a chick it didn't say but it said the driver of the motorcycle so they were driving their motorcycle instead of riding it uh came to a stop about 200 feet from the bulge in the highway now public official says uh that the buckle was caused to pumping concrete into old gas pipes but dude if you look at this thing you know what was going down Dr. Claw was trying to get to the Ninja Turtles with that huge thing that Shredder drives. It's like a big tunneling machine. That's what it looks like happens. Looks like uh, somebody, some giant punched the road from underneath. But what I guess really happened, they're channeling um, concrete down these old lines and air was getting out somewhere and it pushed up the ground. So freaky things, my man. Freaky things. Either that or Dr. Claw and the Turtles are real. Shredder was going after him. So that is our first story in the news. Uh, Second story in the news, you guys may have seen this. This went kind of viral, I guess, as far as motorcycle stuff goes. Last week, I believe it was, people were posting that uh, Snake targets motorcyclist. I think it was in Thailand, Lampang, Thailand. And this flying cobra totally jumped at this dude and uh, almost knocked him off his motorcycle taking you know if it were a a rougher snake it would have jumped through his spokes and caused him to lock up and fallen down and then slithered over to eat him but uh, what this proves to me you know nothing it was really no no peace except for people haven't seen jumping snakes but what this proves to me is that yeah 
you may th- think snakes slithering up stuff is creepy. And you're going to go on like one of these jungle reality shows and you're going or, or go moto camping with your motorcycle and build your little bunk up off the ground. But snakes can jump, my friend. So unless you build it four feet high and there's nothing for them to slither up, you're going to there's there's always going to be snakes around. Just be careful. Jumping snakes. And if you're if you have a band called Leaping Cobra or Jumping Cobra, uh, please get in touch with the show. We want to play some of your music. Um, after seeing this video, I think that would be one of the most awesome names for a band. Third story in our news. Bikers may not be the first people you think of when you uh, think of locating missing children, unless you're looking for those children in their clubhouse, because bikers are a bunch of thugs. But uh, a lot of bikers are not afraid to go into dangerous situations, uh, according to Melissa Miles, who is CEO for the Center for Search and Investigations. I have no idea. That sounds like a totally fake made-up movie name for some sort of federal agency. But it's a real thing. It's a real person. And it's an international nonprofit group uh, that gathered in Guntersville on Sunday of last week. I have zero idea where Guntersville is. Sounds like something to be in Germany. But, like, if you think of bikers and missing kids, it's probably Florida. So the Centers for Search and Investigation has a unit called BURN, which is the Bikers Urban Response Needed. And it's a branch of the Center for Search and Investigations that serves as the eyes and ears to the operation. And uh, according to the article I read, their intentions are to be kinder than how bikers can be perceived. Which, you know, I don't know how bikers would be perceived seeing all these videos of them taunting rider or drivers of cars and being total douchebags and then sons of anarchy making everything look peachy for bikers um so yeah i don't know but cfsi says that you know bikers are not afraid to go into a crazy situation guns blazing to extract children bring them back safe unless they uh accidentally shoot them i'm just making this up i really have no idea i've never heard that it just sounds totally fake to me but according to cfsi which is the center crime searchers of missing children's no. center for search and investigations uh they brought back 1310 missing children hey which is nothing to wag a finger at i know the abate group uh they also do a lot of good stuff for like child um abuse and child uh you know i think maybe child abduction i'm not 100 sure but definitely child abuse and child neglect and all that stuff so yeah bikers they're not all bad they even work for crazy fake sounding agencies to locate missing children the next article which i got from the guam daily post which i think guam is on the other side of the border is on the other border of georgia and ohio uh, anyway, a biker dies in I Got Crash. The reason this thing first caught my eye is because I thought it said biker dies in At Got Crash. And I was like, what? The irony. Oh, the irony. This guy, ultimate hipster way to go out. But it's uh, Agat, which I believe it must be the town name. Let's research further. You and I, let's take a journey into this article and see what it says. So a biker's helmet lay on the road, and a 2016 Harley-Davidson motorcycle was left nearby. Remnants of a weekend drive in southern Guam that turned tragic yesterday. 
the Guam Police Department's Highway Patrol Division was activated to investigate and determine the cause of the crash on Route 2 near the Agat Transfer Station. It would be even better if they have a town named Atgat. That would be just awesome. Skid marks believed to have been made by the bike moments before the crash could be seen as police investigated at the scene. Skid marks believed to have been made by the driver moments after the crash could be seen by the coroner at the local coroner's office. Uh, the biker identified as Lester Laco, 47, was transported to Naval Hospital and pronounced dead at 4.02 p.m. yesterday, not long after the crash. He was found in a ditch about 100 feet down the road from his bike. And his helmet landed on the other side of the street. So really, this was an at-gat situation. If you're going to be wearing a helmet, strap it. And make sure your helmet fits right. Because if it's too big and you got like a little head, it's flying off. And if you have a big old head and you can't even get your helmet on, and it's sitting up top there like a crazy novelty, then that ain't going to help you either. I was going to save this one because uh, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, this is going to have some Welsh in it, so it's going to be great. <laughs> a biker was seriously injured after a crash in Gwynedd. I will tell you what that means later. So it took place near Azpiti Gwynedd, Bangor, and a man in his 50s was being treated in Stoke. If you have no idea what I'm talking about or no idea what I just said, just hang on. So the crash happened in Penhroskarnedd, Bangor, around uh, 2.45 p.m. on Saturday, close to Azpiti Gwynedd. If you don't know, Aspiti is the Welsh word for hospital, and that's great. I mean, what a place to crash. You know, if you're going to crash by uh, the Gwynedd Hospital, you might as well do it right then. And you might as well slide in through the emergency room doors, right? I mean, wouldn't that be just the raddest uh, scene from a movie? Dude hits a curb, does a quadruple Lindy, uh, lands, slides into the uh, emergency room doors, hits something. I don't know. Dukes of Hazard used to jump over things with mysterious ramps all the time so I'm just gonna say the student flies into the air and lands in a gurney coast into the hospital room and is treated by a young intern who's romantically involved with the attending doctor and a series called ER is born thank you so this man in his 50s was taken to the Bangor hospital initially for treatment and then transferred to a specialist center in Stoke that's how you go from one hospital to the next uh, it doesn't say whether he was transported via motorcycle. I'm assuming he wasn't. But the accident took place on Penros Road at the junction with Golevrin after a car and motorcycle collided. Uh, the cops are... <laughs> I totally read this wrong. I thought it said the cops are uh, waiting for witnesses to go to lunch, but it says they're appealing for witnesses to get in touch. It, it seems like you need to actually use your eyes to read stuff instead of just your stomach. So I'm going to quit using my stomach to read stuff. But anyways, the car was a Suzuki Grand Vitara. And it does not say what the motorcycle was. But what if it was a Suzuki? <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, PC Alan Jones, which if you saw it spelled, you would think it was Alun. Because you don't speak Walsh. But that's okay. But uh, he said that... Uh, Penroskarned is a busy area and we are appealing for any witnesses to go to lunch and then bring their information to assist in the investigation. I was reading with my stomach again. It didn't say witnesses to go to lunch. But anyway, yeah, be careful if you're out there. It doesn't say how it happened, if the car turned in front of him. The Welsh are so vague. Just a bunch of rolling R's and consonants slapped together. 
And in our final post uh, here, our final post, meaning from the New York Post, uh, cops arrested 24 people in a massive raid at a Brooklyn biker club. Uh, and at first, I wasn't sure if it was like a dance club, you know, like a quote men's club or a quote biker club or a quote leather club. But the God's Only Demons MC Club which I assume they weren't playing club music or house music or techno or trance for that matter, but uh, it's radical because parked right outside is like a little tiny scooter, um, looks like a Chinesium, and a couple cops, fat donated cops, uh, taking out some stu- uh, garbage cans or garbage bags full of stuff from God's Only Demons MC. Uh, God's Only Demons Motorcycle Club on the Butler Street near 4th Avenue in Gowanus. Oh, what a terrible town. A name for a town. Um, it looks like the word Cowanus, but you substitute C with a G. So in Gowanus, around 4 a.m., cops busted in. Uh, the whole precinct was here. Uh, said a witness who declined to give his name. About 80 cops or more, armored vans, SWAT, uh, dogs. He says, I haven't seen that many cops here ever, even on cop night, Uh, even on free donut night. They went up on the roofs. Um, They, 10 people at the club faced gun charges. Uh, 14 people were picked up for having outstanding arrest warrants. Um, The other... (laughs) This crazy secret organization, CFIS, uh, located 18,000 kids in the back of the club. Um, There was 18 men and six women arrested, and they took their cuts, which is uh, a thing. If you're a biker and you haven't trademarked or registered your cut, cops can then trademark or register it and take your vests, take your cuts. They did that with the Mongols, I believe, out here in California. Each person arrested had plastic zip ties on their wrists because in Brooklyn they ain't got time for that. And about two or three dozen more zip ties littered the ground outside the club because who knows when you're going to need to uh, fasten a wiring harness to your frame or something because it's all jiggly and making your lights go out. Another neighbor of the club called the police raid super organized, which, come on, when are police raids not organized? They had the SWAT teams, dogs, helicopters, M16s. It was not just five cops or ten cops. I had the cops on my roof as well, said a neighbor. Uh, Back in 2014, the city lawyers filed a lawsuit to boot the club from their little brick building there in Gowanus, calling them a public nuisance. But then they realized that who is going to open up an establishment in a town called Gowanus? And apparently they tossed their uh, filing out. In 2002, a murder that went down outside the club in which Alberto Pena, 33, was shot and killed after getting in a fight with another man inside the joint was kind of an impetus for the city to give him the boot. So if you're looking for some real estate in a brick building on the corner of Butler Street near 4th Avenue in a town called Goanus, then uh, your chance to snap up that little piece of realty might be coming up in the near future. That's it for our news. So, hey, I'm going to wrap up here with a little bit of, uh, before we get to our backfire, Chris Singsheim had asked, what do we do in our spare time? I think I mentioned it on last show, and I 
thought about it and I really thought about it. And especially with this week with so much motorcycle stuff going on from like Friday on, you know, wrapping around till today, I thought about what, what do I do in my spare time? So I went ahead this last week and recorded everything up to, um, I think Friday. Let's uh, take a little gander and take a listen to see what I did in my spare time. Hey, field producer Singsheim. This is the producer of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. Happy, uh, happy sunny Easter to you. You know, I thought I'd do that with the with, with the accent, but I think that's like more Minnesota than Wisconsin. Anyways. <clears throat> part of your uh, question during Solstice Slam no no I'm sorry part of your question the other day was uh, wanting to know what people do when they're not doing bike stuff and uh, put it out there and right now I myself am headed to the grocery store that's how you pronounce grocery here where I'm from in Southern California where I live actually and uh, yeah just uh after this, I might head back to the house and have a beer, and uh, might not. I might go for a ride. We're going to see, but it'll also be close to being dinner time since I got little kids. Uh, it's kind of like when the senior citizens eat their meals is like when we have our meals now. <laughs> Before kids, we would eat, you know, anywhere between 7 and 9 o'clock at night because that's when my wife would get home from school and uh, from her, you know, her job as a teacher, that's when I would, uh, you know, right before I had to go dance at the taco tavern, uh, that's when I would uh, be having some free time before then. And so we would eat late. Now that we got kids, I'm telling you, it's like grandma and grandpa bill. You even start telling crummy jokes and laughing at stupid stuff. But um, yeah, at any rate, oh man. Well, that was pretty terrible. I was just talking about making crappy jokes and talking about stupid, laughing at stupid stuff when some dude walked by. And I think he thought I was talking about him. But anyways, yeah, man, like that's uh, that's what I do. And then when I go home after I get the kids fed and because uh, I, I uh, fancy myself a bit of a Bobby Flay. So I do most of the cooking and, uh, you know, also that gives me some free time not having to wrangle the little ones. That's kind of my out. <laughs> um, but yeah, after that, I do baths with those guys, those little little guys, and then uh, then it's my time. And if I'm not reading something about, you know, what it happened in Wisconsin, which is this great book that I received from a couple of awesome listeners last year, then um, I don't know. I read motorcycle stuff. I try to see what's happening in the news since this is Sunday. Uh, try to uh, get. A show topic together for the week and um, follow up with any guests stuff like that that uh, have you know are, are expecting to uh, schedule an interview and then um, I don't know then I'll go out in the garage and cry for a little bit because I did all these other things instead of uh, work on my motorbike but that's what I do in my free time and then uh, lots copious copious amounts of bike porn and um, wishing that I was a bajillionaire and then uh, so I could buy all the stuff I want and that's about it so that's about what I do like I said if I get out for a ride today I'll be happy Um, but if I don't I know that there's always tomorrow then again 
I have to take my car car to get a smog check tomorrow. Uh, and actually, something happened on Friday that I should talk about. That's pretty funny, but maybe I'll talk about that on the show. But anyway, yeah, there's always there's always time to do all this great other stuff that I have to do aside from from bike stuff. So that's sometimes how how life goes, you know. But anyway, I hope that's what you're looking for uh, from my point of view. And uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, Creative Writing, which is me. And thanks, Field Producer Chris, which is you. Bye. Man, what a snooze fest. That was boring. Uh, I recorded three more. Should I play them? Because I, I got on a roll. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and play them just so you can see just how monotonous and crummy my week is. Right. Here goes number two. Hey, producer Chris. This is the other producer again. Just uh, on my way to the store today, picked up the Yahoo, smogged my car. Yep. Sky's a little overcast. It looks like it's about 65. A little bit cold today. I know that's like a summer day for you guys up in Wisco, so I'm not really complaining. Just a note about the weather. But uh, I'm running to the store. Got to pick up some grub for my pooch and some uh, lemons for some salmon that I'm going to make tonight. Lemons and asparagus. And, uh, yep, that's about it. Just doing the stuff after work before the bike stuff again. And when I get home tonight, if I don't make a new, uh, I might glass up some stuff for ECU and some uh, wiring harness stuff. You know, a little... Yeah, fire trucks are here. And anyway, that's what I got going on. Day in the life of the producer. Over and out. Oh my god, dude, update. You would not believe the prices on bananas they have there. That was simply amazing. That, uh... I'm just so happy that I didn't pay the 69 cents a pound that I normally pay for bananas. That was, I'm pretty happy about that. Over and out. Dude, one of my biggest annoyances, driving through the parking lot and a car backs out in front of you halfway. No, no, no. Let me go ahead and stop for you, sir. Instead of you pulling back the three feet into your spot. Idiot. B-U-T-T. You're going to kick me in the B-U-T-T. Is that what you think is going to happen? I've been watching WWE. I'm going to do a triple-double quadruple flip on you and probably smash your brain, to be honest. It's not going to be pretty. Mommy's probably going to cry when she comes home and sees how I obliterated you. She sees I mopped up the canvas with you. She's going to be pretty upset, is my assumption. Oh, do you even know what assumption means? Dude, I'm going to use, I'm going to feed you the turnbuckle. That's what I'm going to do. Fell hours later. Yeah, that's how you put an e-brake on, son. All right, guys, roll up your windows. I don't want any Sasquatches. Hey, roll up your windows. I don't... Hey. (laughs)
You're gonna ruin my car if you keep doing that. Then I'm gonna have to ruin you against the turnbuckle too. Alright, well here we are We got back home from the grockery store I want you to tell everybody um, What my name is Buttface Thank you Don't be shy Yeah, so my son thinks my name is Buttface Well I got a name for him And it's Mud Because we're about to get in the ring as soon as we get in the house And I'm going to show him what turnbuckle soup looks like I did not show him what turnbuckle soup looks like. He kicked my ass so bad. It was embarrassing. I'm kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you about that. But yeah, that's another day in the life of adulting rather than uh, all the fun stuffing. I don't know. You guys want to hear one more? Hey, producer Sing Sime. This is the other producer again. Just cruising, going to get my kids from school, rather than wrenching on anything cool or even working on this week's show. Um, you know what? It must be like 80 degrees. I have my, uh, I had a dirty shirt on, and I don't want to go pick up my kid with a dirty shirt, so I put a sweatshirt on. Since it's been like below 60 here recently, it's like total sweatshirt weather. I'm thinking today's got to be around 80, man, because I'm feeling this uh, mistake that I made here, putting on a sweater. Anyway, passed a bunch of motorcycles on the street and uh, had a cop blow through, uh, you know, down the lanes for whatever reason. I was over by a nice part of town, so I don't know what the cops do in nice parts of town. But I thought I'd just let you know what I'm doing in my off time after work. Today was a hard-ass day. Today was crazy day. It was deadline day. And, uh, you know, when you got a deadline and you're like, oh, I'll just bang something out real quick the day before. Big mistake. Especially if uh, it's like a product unseen. Uh, or at least that you haven't seen in a couple years. And uh, other people have had their hands in it. So that was a nightmare for me. I wrapped up a little late. I'm gonna let this chick go. You better hurry, girl. Oh well. Alright. And at any rate, alright. Uh, yeah, just thought I'd let you know what's happening. I'm gonna bang out tonight's recording and then uh, do some editing tomorrow and get it out for you this weekend, man. Alright, Sing Sime. I hope you're doing something fun in the garage. Uh, I'm gonna take my bike apart and rearrange it. Just fun stuff I like to do for no no good reason. But, um, yeah. Anyway, alright. Hang in there, bro. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, God. Now it's awkward. I have to unlock my phone to pause this. California knows how to traffic. California knows how to traffic. I wonder what it costs to live in these mansions that are around here. I mean... You gotta figure these guys had these houses. Well, there's a couple McMansions, but some of these is old mansions. Like, you gotta wonder how much coin or what family. Is this like the Vanderbilt family? Or, ooh, there's one for sale. Probably like a bajillion dollars. Probably as much as a one bedroom apartment in Santa Cruz. Thought of a good name for a show. Beer. I need a beer right now. Uh, all right.
right, here we are, San Marino City Limit. Whoop, whoop. I'm here, folks, I've arrived. Dude, this street is literally so long and so wide, you could drag race four across, like, through this whole city. I mean, I know there's a couple streets that run from, like, the beach all the way into the Inland Empire, but man, this one is quite long. This one goes right by Caltech and all that great stuff over here in Pasadena. Hell, I started this in uh, Utah a couple minutes ago, and now I'm already in Pasadena. What the hell? Oh, brother. I totally apologize for that. You've been inside the mind of an idiot for the past five minutes or so. Oh, man, I did not realize how terrible those were, but go ahead and play them because you know what? That is what I do in my spare time. I drive around, I pick up kids, I drop off kids, I go to the grocery store, I fantasize about riding when it's 65 out. I mean, who could ride in such subarctic temperatures? (laughs) I'm just kidding. And then I go riding and I do other stuff, but that's not my spare time. You wanted to know what I do in my downtime, sing time, and everybody for that matter. So if you have a little ditty you want to, either a ride report you want to send in or you want to write something up and email it or send it to the show via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Tumblr, email, smoke signal, whatever you want to do, send it in. I'll read it and uh, we'll see what everybody does. Maybe we'll get some... Uh, you know, some sort of clue of, of what the majority of us spend our time doing. Do we spend time adulting and, and putting up with the kiddos and doing stuff we don't want to do? Or do we spend our spare time doing valuable stuff like planning our next track day and uh, assaulting the streets with our brand new meats on our brand new uh, bikes or whatever we're doing? So, yeah, anyway, I think we should flesh this out. Good idea, Sing Syme. Um, We're going to move on now to a little segment I may start doing called The Wall of Shame. All right. This week, The Wall of Shame inductee for 2017, Dalton Gaultier. Man. What a rough start. Mr. Gaultier, uh, the first season or the first year of the flat track uh, singles. And here we go. He's got himself suspended. He was leading the first three rounds. He won all three races uncontested. And, um, you know, there's, there's a long break here in between number three and number four. And what does he do? He gets fired on his day off. Man, it's Friday. It ain't even your, well, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen Friday, I, but, uh, but he's getting fired on his day off, man. What happened was at the Char- after Charlotte, uh, Mr. Gaultier, who, who was the reigning, um, well, not reigning, but leading, leading champ for the uh, singles class, AFT singles, he tested positive for MJ. Um, if you don't know what that is, look it up. I know OJ is orange juice, but MJ is not mango juice. Trust me. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's something that violates the AFT's uh, rules, their policy, their anti-substance uh, abuse policy or whatever. And, um, yeah, it's not one of those things that, I mean, hell, so many people are making illegal. It's not illegal to drink beer and ride. However, it would be if you were drunk. 
So I mean, I'm not I'm not for that. I'm not for for anybody riding drunk or under the influence of anything. So yeah, anyway, he tested positive for that and uh, had a little THC in his system, and that stuff just doesn't, you know, you can't pee it out like alcohol. It doesn't vanish right away. It takes a little bit, and if it's legal in your state to do it, then you got to do it in between races when there's a big gap, like right now in the May. Uh, shoot, what's the next race? The May third or something like that. And uh, yeah, so. I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's not like it's a performing enhancing, enhancing drug, performance enhancing. Did I, am I even speaking English anymore? Yeah, it's not a performance enhancing drug. Uh, it's definitely not a stimulant. You know what I mean? So I don't know exactly. I think it's just they don't want people doing stuff and, and not being 100% conscious for racing. Then that's fine. I think it's just like, I mean, I'm not, I don't even smoke the stuff, but I don't think it's like super crazy bad for you. But then again, no matter what's in your system, whether it's a uh, weed or alcohol or whatever, you don't want to get out on the racetrack uh, doing that stuff, but, but it doesn't get out of your bloodstream. The effects may wear off long before it actually gets out of your bloodstream. I think that's Mr. Gaultier's problem. He said, uh, he's made a rookie mistake and he doesn't, you know, he's sad for his sponsors. Um, and it made a nice, nice apology. And what I think that's going to do is because they've suspended him indefinitely and they took away, not only did they disqualify him from Charlotte, they've stripped him of all of his points. So I think, um, I think Kale Colkman's in first place now, Shayna Texter's in second. And, uh, well, which, which is cool for me because I was kind of rooting for Shayna to take, uh, you know, take the series this, this year. And, um, but I hope, uh, you know, they can reinstate him and not give him his points back later in the year. But I hope they let him come back and race because, um, that is a rookie mistake. He's going to go to rehab and first inductee into the creative writing hall of shame. Dalton Gaultier. All right, let's move on to the last segment for the show. All right, ladies and joins, it's time for Backfire. Backfire! Next week, I'll have a, you know, a little uh, clip for that that Rex Panther provided us with last week. Just haven't had time to sit down and do it. What spare time, Sing Syme? What spare time? You did the same thing I did, though. I seen that you tore your bike apart on the old Facebooks. So that's great for you. Great for me. So this week's backfire. I done worked on my motorcycle a little bit a couple weeks ago and a little bit last week. And Motorcycles don't have to be smogged in California, and they really don't have to be inspected unless it's like a salvage title or a first-time, you know, register or whatever the hell. Uh, but anyway, I was working on my car because I had to smog it, and uh, don't I just piss you off? Like, okay, first off, nowadays, I- I'm reading this book, actually, and I'll talk about it on the next episode because I really want to... Talk about a couple books, give you guys some ideas about some stuff to read and talk about the creative side of creative writing, you know, not not so much the idiot side, which is what this episode should maybe be called the idiot side. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, I'm working on my car and uh, this book that I mentioned talks all about motorcycles and how everything nowadays is covered in plastic and shrouded so you can't see it that's especially true with cars nowadays hell you pop open a hood and you don't see anything anymore you just see a bunch of plastic covers over every single thing and so i'm working uh you know had to pop all those off just to uh, replace my spark plugs uh you know you, you get in there you need to change something 
you you have to undo like 59 plastic covers that just says like the name of your car on it and like your engine quality vvt or whatever the hell you got and i'm just thinking man what is with all this this is the first car i've had um that had all that on it my old older cars never had any of that junk on it for sure and cars up until you know i don't know maybe in the early 2000s when that stuff started to happen where people wanted their car to look like a toy uh everywhere you pop open the hood they're shrouding and underneath there's all this covering and this and that back in the old days and by old days i mean like pre-2000 you look under a car and you see everything you don't see a bunch of cladding under there you look in the engine you see everything you don't see a bunch of plastic covers under there so i'm taking everything doing what was i taking out oh yeah taking out my spark plugs which first of all on the toyotas nowadays they don't go with a standard size and i'm sure like a lot of cars i haven't worked on cars in quite a while in the physical shop i've been uh, behind the scenes for a little bit and so i don't know anymore how the what the sizes are on spark plugs and stuff but these dang toyota ones are so skinny that uh, a standard spark plug socket doesn't fit down in there you got to get like special wango tango one and of course if you don't have like a little rubber gripper on there you can uh loosen it but then it won't come out right that's what i love about bikes everything's right there hell even if you got one that it has like on uh, my kz's and on some hondas that i worked on that stuff's buried in there but at least you get your hand in there and you can get it out um on these cars they're so damn deep inside the head that there's no way if even if you loosen it all the way you still need something to suck it out i had to get my stinking after i used my special socket to get in there and unscrew it i had to get my magnet to pull out the spark plugs well mr socket decided to fall down and get lost somewhere in my car and like i said cars are nothing but claddings and coverings now and i'll be damned i looked for that thing for like 45 minutes just pissed off as all could be as all get out and as all could be that I couldn't find the socket. I heard it right where it dropped. I stick my magnet down in there. There's so much crap everywhere. It's not just like an open engine bay like they used to be. You know, I used to have a, a an old 66 and even my, I had some old V-dubs back in the day and even those are, you know, for as small and cramped as they are, they're pretty open. You can't really drop stuff and lose it um, down somewhere. So, uh, yeah, my 66, 66 Dodge was the same way. Um, you know, you, you couldn't drop anything in there. It would, hell, you could drop a kid in the engine bay of that thing and they'd fall through to the floor. So just today's cars uh, just make me so mad. And motorcycles are sort of the same way, depending on what you're working on, if it's got a lot of fairings. Really hard to lose stuff on a motorcycle, uh, but it can be done. And so anyway, this car pissed me off because... I didn't want to have dropped it somewhere and then it's going to like be sitting on the manifold or something and just like heat up and who I don't know what was going to happen. I mean, or turn a corner and it gets pitched into the belts and that's all I need is like having a socket, a big ass long uh, extension, like a deep socket, go jam up into your belts and stop your motor, you know, all your belts from turning and shit. I mean, it was just a nightmare and I finally found it. It had bounced It had taken a serious bounce to where I couldn't see it from above and I couldn't feel it from below and I just left it in there and I thought, you know what, come back to this thing in a little bit, go take a break, you're getting flustered. 
And if you're working on a bike or a car and something starts to happen, that's my advice. Go take a small break. Go, you know, sit down and do something else totally unrelated because as annoying as it is and as frustrating as that can feel to like step away when you're on the trail or something, it really helps because I came back with the renewed a sense of calm and I was like, you know what, this thing will pop out and uh, I'll see it somewhere. Maybe when I lower the car down, it will fall out here somewhere, blah, blah, blah. Well, I got back under there and I'm spinning the oil filter off because I figured, you know, I'm going to change the oil, change the spark plugs, do all that stuff before I take it to get smogged anyway. Um, and as I'm spinning off the oil filter, there it is. I, I just happened to look up and I see it just chilling in like the weirdest spot ever. I would have never, ever seen it had I not uh, been laying in this certain way to spin off the filter. And so it just goes to show you just take a break, you come back, things will sort themselves out. But damn, what's with all the cladding on cars and bikes and stuff nowadays? And I get it if you're trying to hide a tech secret from somebody. But man, when you're just trying to wrench on it and there's like all sorts of places for it to drop in or, you know, nowadays bikes are getting a little bit more like cars where everything's getting covered up. What is with that, man? The, us wrenchers, we, we lose our tools. We get pissed off. And uh, it's no fun having to take off 95 things, especially like if you're working on a BMW or something. You got to take off 18 trillion pieces of cladding just to get to the uh, fuel pump or something like that, you know, and you, I don't know, BMW fuel pumps kind of go out on the regular from what I've heard. And, you know, those big 1200 GSs and all that crap, you got to everything's sitting on top of the air filter and and everything's behind there's like two separate pumps and they're hidden deep down and you got to take the whole bike apart just to get to them. It's, it's a pisser. That's kind of what I like about customizing bikes. You get in there, you strip all that junk off. And then the next time you drop your socket or it falls off the end of your extension, uh, it, it just falls straight to the ground instead of through 19 pieces of cowling and cladding and covers and hoses and all this bullshit. So yeah, that pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. Next thing on the backfire. Relating to the topic du jour, which is the road rage, and my other backfire comment, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, is that it's not always the car's fault when something stupid happens to you, and as motorcyclists, I've seen so many videos, and I don't know, maybe it's because we're such a small niche, we just latch onto this stuff and get caught up in it. But I've seen so much stuff where the motorcyclists are the ones doing the stupid shit. And the motorcyclists are the ones to blame for the revenge that was exacted upon them. And I've also seen plenty of stuff where, you know, motorcycles do all the crashing and it's not even the car's fault. And here's my deal. I'm not like Johnny law-abiding citizen and uh, you know i'm not johnny outlaw biker either but I'm, I'm just saying like go out and have fun but be responsible i mean if you're gonna speed expect that like someone may turn in front of you and it's not their fault that you're going over the speed limit and as rex pointed out last week he's seen some videos where a guy was uh hauling ass down the road probably doubled the speed limit and the car turned in front of him. I think I know he's, I think he's talking about the British guy that died. Uh, and his mom released that video. Uh, it sounded, that's what it sounded like he's talking about. But at any rate, you know, 
you know what you're doing. You're going. You, you know you're speeding. You know that you are increasing your braking distances. You know that cars can't react as fast. You know that motorcycles look twice as far away as they really are because perspective, man. If you ever spent time drawing or in an art class, perspective is what it's all about. And the smaller something is, the further away it looks. And so, uh, a little something somebody told me once is that Disneyland Hotel. I mean, not Disneyland Hotel, Disneyland Castle here in California, the the builders made the bricks at the top smaller so that it looked taller. So it is. It's all about perspective and and not distance because they're the same distance away as the, the regular bricks above uh, below them. Just they make them smaller so that it looks taller. So you got to figure when you're looking at a car, uh, let's say 100 yards away, you can tell it's 100 yards away and you can tell... If you're on a surface street and they're 100 yards away, sure, you can turn in front of them. But if you're looking at a motorcycle, um, you can't tell if they're 100 yards away because they're much smaller uh, in your field of vision. They're, they, so they look further away than they really are, and they're probably going faster than the cars because we do that on motorcyclists. So it's not always the car's fault. Take that into consideration. When someone's on their cell phone um, and you pull up next to them on your motorcycle, it's not your job to chew them out for being on their cell phone or texting or whatever the hell they're doing. And they would be doing that whether you're in a car or whether in your motorcycle. So what your job is, is to take note of that person and remember that there's idiots out on the road. And that when you're in your car, you might also do that as well. And when you're in your car, remember that there could be a motorcyclist coming up near you or a person crossing the street and that you are Johnny hypocrite. <laughs> if you're not, you know, if you're pulling up and giving someone reading someone the, uh, the, the riot act, uh, and then you go do it yourself. So I don't know. I'm just saying, as much as road rage, we feel like it's against motorcyclists. I think it's just a thing that's against people in general. And it's been around since there's been cars. Uh, I'll have an article up hopefully sometime this week on it. And just remember that it, if you're making it, if you're all about me, 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 the victim, you're one of the people that's making it a me, me, me issue. And you're just as bad as the people that are making it a me, me, me and getting mad and road raging against people. So let's just all be cool, man. Whether you're driving in your car or you're uh, riding your bike. Um, It happened to me the other day. I was at a stop sign and this car pulls up next to me on the right for some reason and then just proceeds to go straight while I, I was waiting my turn at the stop sign and I felt mad and I was like, dude, what the hell? And I almost wanted to drive behind him. And say what the hell? But then I thought I was—I've already been contemplating this uh, this ep- uh, uh, topic for this show, and so immediately I was like, "Oh my god, I just need to chill out right now and think about all the stuff I've been reading for the upcoming episode and all the stuff I've been reading for the article." And I need to be the guy that just says, "Hey, that idiot just had a moment." And I don't need to go up and instigate some BS, even though I don't know—you just feel—it's just you feel like. I don't know how it is in other countries, but here in the U.S., you just feel like, you know, everybody should follow the rules and that person shouldn't do this and that person shouldn't do that. And I'm not going to I don't do that. So, you know, I don't know. We, we're like holier than thou. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this week's show. Please don't go out and road rage somebody. And next week, maybe we'll talk about some of the stuff that's going on from the Handbuilt show and some of the great stuff that came out of this wonderful motorcycling weekend that we uh, just passed us by. Also, next weekend, uh, check out the Tracker Cross. 
Keep your eyes and ears peeled for events in your area, and uh, we'll be talking to you then. Uh, Creative Writing and its associates would like to apologize to the following people, places, things, and ideas. First off, sorry, Dr. K, things didn't work out. If you know somebody that's good with news and maybe would like to be a Facebook page admin, please contact the show at creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. Sorry to God's Only Demons Motorcycle Club. Sorry to the Center for Search and Investigations, which is a totally not fake organization. Sorry to Lester Laco. Sorry to missing children everywhere around the world. Sorry to Azpatiquanez. Sorry to Penroscarred, which means the head of the Moor Cairn. Or the uh, Moorhead Cairn? I don't know. Sorry to Alberto Peña. We'd like to apologize to the RSD, RSD Roland Sands Design Hooligan Championship Series. Sorry to Whiskey Cloudman, Darla Renee Jackson, and Zacharias Buob. Sorry to Circuit of the Americas and Willow Springs Raceway. Sorry to the old guy from Texas who was sentenced to 15 years in prison. And we're sorry, Texas and Arizona. Sorry, Shaky Graves and Rolling Stones. Please don't sue me for having you playing in the background. Sorry to Chris Singsheim. Sorry to the cities of San Marino, Pasadena, and the state of Utah. Sorry, Dalton Gaultier. We'd like to apologize to MotoGP, Moto America, American Flat Track, Roland Sands Design, Super Hooligan Race Series, and all of you for wasting your time spending another hour and a half of a perfectly good day, Monday, listening to this crummy show. All right. Keep your grease and your hair and your wheel, front wheel in the air. Ooh, that's a good one. I was uh, prepping my car for smog. Part of the reason I wasn't working on my motorbike. Well, I mean, I did. Oh, God. Let me start over. So, he tested positive. Pardon me. Excuse me. I got a little dang pterodactyl in my throat i was reading all these studies about it and and it's actually can be like a, um he uh came in on on the uh <laughs> that sounds so professional remnants of a weekend drive in southern guam he was a youth soccer coach and maybe that's why he wasn't injured as bad um but oh man daddy can't hear if you yell in his ear like that my hearing's already bad enough homeboy all right, I just I just got my kid. I just, yeah, cause you screamed in my ear. What? Who who said that? I can't hear anything. What? I just picked up my kid from daycare. What do you say, kid? I can hear you. Oh, you can. You're on the radio. What do you want to say? Hey, you can hear me because I heard you talk back to me. Hey, man, you don't hear people on the radio talk back to you. That's the great thing about the radio, whether it's actual radio or a podcast. No way!
Yes, way. Hey, buddy, what do you do in your spare time? Everyone wants to know. When you're not riding on motorcycles or building your next drag racer, what do you do? Well, I play, be teach by school. What exactly does that mean? Oh, that means that I learn more stuff from my school. Does your dad try to teach you lame stuff like motorcycle parts and electrical circuits? Yeah, of course. Dude, dads are totally lame. Of course they are lame. But your dad's pretty cool, ain't he? Yeah, of course. And that's the end of the podcast.